Live from the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, welcome to the Eggman Radio Addiction. And now stepping up to the microphone, the living radio legend, the Eggman, Ron James. Welcome to the Eggman Radio Addiction interview series. We are waiting on a call from the United Kingdom, and if all goes well, after this song, Robin Trower will be on the show with us from his new album, United State of Mind. This is called Good Day. It's a good day. Tear it up, even troubles me It's a new way. Step it up to the beat of the time.
Robin, how you doing? I am doing fantastic, man. Great, great to hear from you. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you, the new album and uh, so much going on with uh, Robin Trower. And this is the uh, Eggman Radio Addiction Radio Program. Now, I've already talked to uh, Maxie. I've talked to Libby. And I was actually on board listening in on the little VIP uh, thing when you, you guys were all online. That was great. So uh, right off the bat, you know, I'm sitting here looking at the Fender page for the Robin Trower Signature Guitar. <laughs> okay, and, and right. I, I'm kind of a player. I think um, all it all it is is uh, I got together with Todd Krauss from the custom shop, uh -huh. and and we went through all the sort of permutations we could have on on a signature model for me, and um, I came up with you know that combination of uh, pickups and bridge uh, section and uh, using the bigger head um, neck on it. Um, I thought, you know, with a bit more wood, you might get a bit more resonance. It's little things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think you're right about that. In fact, that um, the bigger headstock that was on certain years Fender guitars, right? And then they cut it out, and then they they brought it back in. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it originally, it originally came in in the seventies, mm -hmm. which was when I first started really playing strats. So, you know, my early strats all had that big headstock on them. Now, did you, um, when you were designing that guitar, what, what year did you start, like, working on that guitar, the actual design for Fender? Uh, got to be seven, eight years, maybe longer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Quite that, a while ago, yeah. It's got to be cool to have your own guitar with Fender, right? <laughs> oh, that is very cool. It's kind of like, uh, you know, you know you've made it. You know, it's like you have a Fender. I mean, there's not a lot of guys that can say that. You know, I mean, you're up there with Eric and uh, um, <laughs> some pretty big names. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, uh, boy, this album, United State of Mind, I really love it. I, I just uh, a couple of days ago downloaded it off of Amazon and going through it. The continuity on this album is just amazing. You guys sound like you've been together forever. Oh, great. I'm glad you like it. And and it's almost kind of like the old-style concept album back in the day, you know, Bridge of Size and, you know, all the kind of great stuff. You know how we kind of lost that, that whole concept album where you had an album with a cover and an insert and, you know, and all the songs kind of made sense together? Well, I think um, as much as it's uh, sounding like a band, I think the fact that I've worked for Li with Livy for years, Max has worked with Livy for years, so, you know, um, we were all very comfortable in working on it together. Uh, I think that, that's what um, it shows through. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, it was a very, very fun, joyful experience to, to do it, to work on it, you know. Yeah, it has, um, yeah, I, I love the uh, the song, uh, what is it, Jaja uh, about Jaja? Is that Jaja Gabor you're talking about in that song? That's right, yeah. Because that's not a, you, know, you don't hear that name much these days, but... Uh... No, what happened, what, what happened was, I think, Maxie was starting on the lyrics for it, um, and he was talking about uh, a girl being a heartbreaker, and I'd recently read an article about Zozo Gabor, and I started talking about, about her... <laughs>
Fire Like Jaja. Man, that's a great tune. And uh, every tune on it is just absolutely incredible. Um, it, I, I really love the sound you're getting on the album as well. I mean, it's like, it's just, uh, your playing has just got something so unique to it. Uh, there's the, And I think it's just kind of, because it comes from the heart so much, you know? It's like, and when I watch you play, I can see you kind of forming the notes with your mouth almost, you know? It's like, and kind of, putting that out there and, and it goes through your hand and into the wood of the guitar you know it's what it almost looks like even when i look back at your your old videos and stuff live stuff you know well um i try and play with heart and soul that that's uh, you know the thing that works for me how, how much of your life has been guitar as opposed to real life if you think back percentage wise quite a lot i think yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'd have to say I, I'm uh, addicted to playing the guitar and uh, and and writing music as well. That's that's the other thing I spend spend a lot of time working on tunes. You know. How much how much um, writing did you do in the early early stuff you were involved in? Because you were like you actually had a name 
kind of in high school, right, with the Paramounts. I mean, you guys were, you know, wasn't that some of that stuff kind of, uh, you know, had some pretty good numbers back in those days, didn't it? The Paramounts was mostly a covers band, and um, like you know, the... we did, didn't it? we ended up writing a couple of things, Gary and I. Uh huh. But um, yeah, it was mostly covers. Was Poison Ivy you guys' song? That's a uh, Lieber and Stoller wrote that. Mm hmm. Uh, the wonderful Lieber and Stoller. Wow, and that you know, it's like I was going back. That was one of those songs where I, when I pulled it up, when I was you know going back and just kind of refreshing my mind on your on your career. That I went, oh wow, geez, what a hit that was, you know. I mean, it's like you know, back in how much airplay that song gets, you know, yeah. through the years, you know. And it's like, so you, so you say you're pretty much addicted to guitar. You're one of those guys. It's not just a business for you; it's a love, and um, and you live it, and you can hear it in your playing too. And almost all your greats are like that. Every single great guitar player I've ever met, they're obsessed with it, even down to the collecting of guitars and the, the knowing every little nuance about it. Yeah, well. Uh... As I say, it, it becomes a life's work, definitely, if if you're dedicated to it. Um, there's no other way of achieving anything really good without being dedicated. So true. Did you? Uh, are you? You consider uh, how many? How many guitars do you have? Do you do any collecting? No, I don't. I mean, I've got a sort of a collection of my um, signature models. I've got about seven, seven or eight, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. Which you know, I sort of. Swap, swap between them. Sometimes I use one for a while, and then I'll change to another one. Yeah. So you use your so you use your uh, signature model Fender exclusively uh, all the time. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. I mean, it, let's face it; it was built for me. Right. It's perfect for me. Right. So there's no other no other guitar that that's, that is that right. Oh, I can only imagine. That must be so cool because I know exactly what I would do. You know, if I were going to build a guitar for me, you know, from my own style, you know, just through the years, I know what I would like as far as pickup. You know, I like simplicity in the guitar. I like a volume knob, a humbucker, and a plug it in. <laughs> uh, nice, nice and simple. Yeah, it's like so, it's, and, I, and it's hard to find that. There weren't too many guitars really made like that. There are some, like the early uh, Kramers had some of those guitars, you know, it's like, and they, um, <clears throat> with that kind of a model but yeah so you play those guitars and you kind of rotate them out and when's the last time you played something else you know it's like when you pick it up and you go oh wow i like this too or do you not do that you just stick with your guitar so that you get stay familiar with it um yeah i i, I do stick with with you know my um signature model because as you say uh, you get familiar with it you know exactly where you are with it what you can do with it and I think that's important to get, um, you know, to get your playing to flow. You know, it's got, you know, it it, it helps to get that flow going. Yeah, on um, on this album uh, on the United State of Mind, do you uh, when you're playing in the studio, um, what is your setup in the studio when you when you on that album? Well, I either used uh, a couple of twenty watt um, Cornell amps or um, the other thing I used was a, a, a Marshall amp called a Blues Breaker, mm -hmm. uh, which is a twenty watt tube of twelve. Okay. Now, will you um, did you do like um, plug straight into it? Did you have an effects rack of some kind? I mean, what kind of stuff were you using, if anything? I I, I use um, full tone effects. Mm hmm. Uh, mostly. Um, 
Look, the thing, the two things I use mostly on that album um, <clears throat> is a, uh, the full tone Deja vibe, uh, a full drive, and um, the full tone wah. So, and and, and how it gets to, into the board? Are you just micing it like you would live? You know, and and going into the board? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I used uh, I used um, a combination of. A Shaw 57 and a ribbon mic. Okay, all right. So you have both two mics micing it in. And do you use any yeah. kind of any kind of a buffer? Do you use those plexiglass uh, uh, sh you know shields? I see a lot of guys using now to kind of redirect the sound or anything. No, nothing like that. It was um, you know that I was playing in the control booth, so the amps were in the other room, as it were. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that's cool, though, man. I tell you, it's yeah. like it's funny how that goes with all the technology out there. We still have to mic the amp, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the sound. Now, what's coming out the speaker? Yeah, it's the only way to reproduce the actual speaker and what the speaker's doing. Otherwise, you're bypassing the speaker and you don't have that sound. So it's interesting uh, that people still do that. And I know some guys that plug into the board, but it never sounds as good. Just doesn't. You just... No, the thing, is, the thing is, when you're micing out the speaker, you're also getting a little bit of room as well, aren't you? Yes, exactly. Right. You're getting uh, yeah, and the, even the the sound of the actual um, box, the speaker box. You know, all different sizes, yeah. and uh, whether or not yeah, the back yeah. is on, is the back on, is there a hole in it? You know, there's just so many little factors. You know, as far yeah. as that goes. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm talking to you about this is just like so uh, good. Okay, how about this? I got a, a question. I was thinking about this. I went to McDonald's this morning and got a uh, sausage McMuffin. And on the way back, I was thinking something to ask you. Weird. Hitting a bad note or an off note. You're in a scale. You're in the middle of a lead. And you hit a bad note. Is there such a thing as a bad note on a guy like you that's such a great player? Can you just take a bad note and work around it and turn it into a great note? <laughs> Well, you try not to hit, hit the wrong notes. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, it, it does happen. It does happen. Um, but it, I, thank God it's, it's pretty rare nowadays, I must admit. Yeah, and then what I do is I've done that to where if I'm playing, I'm getting warmed up and I'm hitting bad notes. Try to take the bad notes and turn them into something. Okay, if I did hit this note, how would I get to <laughs> back to where I was, you know, without it sounding too bad? Or go or go back to the bad note on purpose a couple of times. Make it sound like you meant to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I'm doing it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, guy like you doesn't have to worry about that, though. You don't hit bad notes. Yeah, I've seen you in concert, Robin, and I don't think you even know what a bad note is. And let's hear some more of your good notes. <laughs> this is from United State of Mind, Robin Trower's brand new album with Maxi Priest, Livingston Brown. This is called Bring It All Back to You. This is just the moment inside. Is this the dividing line? Will the promises hold true? Baby, I want to build something new. Hey, and bring it all back to you. I know that the talk all night yeah baby. and some of my words wasn't right 
Eggman Radio Addiction Program special interview series. We have on the line from the UK the legendary Robin Trower. I'm wondering, Robin, can you even comprehend how many gigs you have played in your life? <laughs> um, I don't really want to think about it. I yeah, I mean, I just it's too many. Yeah, I just looked at your schedule from the 70s. Right, I was just going through the years, you know, and just kind of seeing. And holy crap, man, you have played so much. And I was thinking, it, you, like, it'd almost be impossible for someone to say, hey, man, I met you in Miami one time. And, uh, you know, and you'd be like, what, Miami? You know, it's like, how many times you've probably done that? That's true. It does happen. People do say, you know, <laughs> I was sitting in the front road. Do you remember <laughs> me? But, uh, no, um, I think, you know, doing all those shows, it, it was a great way to improve. As a musician, yeah, being being live every single night or at least three or four times a week, you know, and being on stage for you know a good couple of hours, you know, yeah, you get this incredible workout, and uh, and and it's and 
I see you've got some dates that I know you had to cancel for COVID virus now, and I see some makeup dates in 21. Is that still going to happen? Well, nobody knows, do they? Not really. I think the first um, I think the first one they have you actually scheduled for is like September of 1921. <laughs> yeah, I'm ho- I'm hoping I'm hoping to be able to make it, you know, but it depends on uh, a vaccine or right. some other miracle. Or 2021, or everybody gets uh, immunity like Trump is, and they go out and they just do it anyways. <laughs> no, it's uh, especially uh, you know I'm uh, uh, a little bit older too. I'm in my 60s, and uh, yeah, I worry about getting this damn thing. I mean, you know, it's like, and they say that the older you are, uh, the worse it is. But it seems like the the uh, survival rate is going up. I was looking at the numbers, so that's a good sign. And uh, but yeah, you're gonna yeah, get back. So you guys are going to do, uh, um, are you thinking of that tour you're thinking of doing, that's just a makeup tour for you, or are you thinking of going out with Maxie and uh, Libby maybe, ever? No, no, that's, that's a tour for my, uh, that'll be my new album coming out, I, I'm thinking. Oh, so you got something you're working on on your own. I've got something in the can that was supposed to come out. Oh, wow, man, yeah. oh, man. No, we had to, yeah, we had to, had to sort of put it on the, on the shelf. Wow. Now, you put it on the shelf just because you wanted to focus on um, United State of Mind or business stuff? No, no. It just, uh, it, it's not really um, a good idea to put an album out unless you can tour with it. Okay. So All right. I've got to wait for the tour, really. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to put that material out there that you spend all that time on and then yeah, not be able to follow up on it. Because that's, from a, from a money standpoint, I mean, I know that it's the only way to make any money these days is to get out there and tour. You can't make anything online with downloads or anything. I, I haven't tried it yet, so um, <laughs> I, I don't really know. I don't really know. Yeah, but, uh, you're still. It just, it, just, it just you don't make an album, you know, that uh, and put it out for nobody to hear it. And the best way of getting people to hear it is if you're if you're touring. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it kind of how all works together, you know. It's like the uh, horse before the cart, cart before the horse. So, yeah. boy, I tell you what. Uh, like I said, the enjoyment factor that I'm getting uh, from this album. What what do you call it? What do you think this genre is? Yeah, I, I think it's got a little bit of uniqueness about it. You know, um, I, I kind of was, uh, you know, when I was coming up with the music, I, I was drawing on my rhythm and blues influences and roots, you know, probably more than anything. Right. But uh, there's an album I did in the 70s called In City Dreams, which I, there's some stuff on there which is not a billion miles away from uh, what I've done with Maxie and Libby. Right, right. Yeah, because, you know, when I listen to that, and it's like, because there's, there's this big, you know, over here in the States, and I, around the world, and you know this as well as anybody, there's a big resurgence of the kind of the blues rock uh, hybrid, and, uh, and this album kind of, you know, soft rock blues with a little bit of mix of Maxi in there, you know, it's kind of, boy, and his voice just sounds so good on this, and you're so used to hearing Maxi, if, you know, I'm a big reggae fan, and I've known Maxi for years, and... um you know, so used to hearing him in his pop sort of, you know, reggae and then all the other things that he's done, too. He's crossed over so many places, you know, but the, on this album, man, it just seems like he's kind of found, you know, a place for his voice now. When, when, I, when I was writing uh, the tunes for Maxi, I mean, I was just writing uh, tunes that I wanted to hear Maxi sing. So, you know, uh, and he's done a wonderful job, no doubt about it. Yeah, I think it's so funny, the story that uh, Libby tells about, uh, you know, you two guys meeting sort of by accident. You stayed kind of late at the studio, and Maxie came in, and uh, you guys hit it off, and because you're kind of from the same area there. 
and uh, and it just went from there. You know, it's like and he thought you guys would never uh, be able to work in a studio together. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm good at working with people, um, especially people you know that I admire, and right. I, I've always, I've always uh, you know. I, I didn't know a lot about Maxie's music, to be honest, but uh, he occasionally would pay, play me tracks that he was working on with him. And uh, immediately I thought, well, what a fantastic voice. So I, I, was, I was kind of primed to think about writing something for him, you know? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And, and it's funny, Maxie said that he hadn't really knew that much about you until he met you. You know that what I mean? Right. It was like That's right. So it's like two absolute music legends from different backgrounds and not knowing of each other. I found that to be interesting. And then here I was in the middle knowing both you guys. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like really cool. I was like, oh man, because that's kind of what I've thought about doing in my mind, putting a band together, kind of a rock, reggae, blues mix. And I think another thing about this album is you do hear a lot of people say, oh, everything's been done. Everything's been written. Well, this album, man, it totally flies in the face of that because every original song on this is a brand new, great piece of music with great lyrics and vocals and guitar playing. And it's just freaking great, man. I, I love this album. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, man, I'll tell you what, Robin, I, I really appreciate this so much, man, you uh, doing this. A few minutes anyways. I know the uh, time zone. Are, are you doing a lot of interviews now? You know, so they're coming in, definitely. And uh, I, I want to I promote this album as much as I can, you know. Well, it was super great having you, Robin. The amazing Robin Trower right here on Eggman Radio Addiction. Thank you very much, Robin. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, man. It was great talking to you. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in the future. If you guys, we get back to touring live, I'll be at the show, man. We'll... Excellent. That, that'll be great. I'll see you then. All right. Thanks, Robin. Bye-bye. 5 a.m. in the morning. Rave was getting me down. Had to stop the world from spinning. Spinning round I don't need no company Horizon be my friend My wildest thoughts I'd follow
Here's Robin Trower from his solo album, one of my favorite songs of all time, the title song from Bridge of Size.
Remember, you spend most of your time inside your own head. Make sure it's a nice place to be. Eggman, out. That wraps up another Eggman Radio Addiction. See ya.